turn to or pull up the passage for today, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 5 to 18, or you can read along on the screen. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This is the word of God. We have been looking at this uh, incredible passage. Uh, it's, it's a complex passage. And last week we had this um, beautiful Easter service where it talked about, where we particularly focus on this, for we who live are always being given, oh no, it says, uh, since we have the same spirit, of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. And then verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. He will raise, he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. So um, last week we talked about how Easter, and I'll just, let me say it a little bit differently than maybe I said last week. Did you know that Easter is the raising of Jesus to conquer death? But Easter is the raising of you with Jesus to conquer death. You get that? It's not just a future thing. It isn't just something that happened in history. It isn't just something in the future where I'm going to be raised and I get to go to heaven. It is that the resurrection life is yours now. And you get to live in eternal power today. And we're going to go a little deeper into that message um, as we look at, uh, at this verse. The verse I want to focus on today is this one, verse 16. It says, So we do not lose heart, 
though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So let me say that one more time. So, or therefore, therefore from what? It's all these things that we are clay. We are, we are made of clay. But inside of us, there's this treasure, the new life in Christ. If you, if you, if you are united to Christ through faith, because this is what you get when you believe in Jesus, you are reborn into a new life and you're united to his death and his resurrection so that his death comes into all your dying and swallows up all your dying. And his life now comes into you and defeats all your death and all your sins and all your dying. Therefore, so, verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. So I'm, I'm just trying to condense it down for you. We, is a, we are united to his death. His death swallows up our deaths and our dying. We're united to his resurrection, which life, which is an eternal life, which cannot die. And now we have a life that can't be defeated. You believe that? If this is true, then this is also true. So we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. And though our outer self, you see this, you know, this your body, you know, like I'm getting a little gray up here, which hopefully you can't see right now, all right, because I'm up here in this light. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope this doesn't embarrass her, but like my wife, she actually colored hair for her hair for the first time recently. And when she did that, she looked a lot younger. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness. If I don't do my, because I'm, I'm kind of lazy about these kinds of things, and so I'm glad I'm not going to do that. But she's going to look really good, and I'm not going to look very good. And then I'm going, I better have to do this because this is all part of our outer self is wasting away. You're getting older. You're getting more tired. You, the, the love and the hope you used to have in your heart, that's still part of the outer self. But inside, can you also say this? Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Can you say that? That's what I want to talk about today. Part one, losing heart. What does that mean? Let's talk about losing heart. Part two, daily renewal. If you are a Christian, born again in Christ through faith, and then his death is swallowing up your deaths, and his life, because this is the gospel. That is the promise of believing in the good news that Jesus died the death we deserve to die. And then his life is a life he gives us that we cannot earn. Then you have a right for daily renewal. You know that? That's part of your, that's your, that's your birthright. Being born again in Christ. Daily renewal. And part three, I want to close by talking about what I'm going to call the eternal heartbeat united to the eternal heart of Christ, right? The eternal heartbeat united to the eternal heart of the resurrected Jesus Christ. So let's get into this. Part one, um, losing heart. It says here we don't lose heart. Um, let's, let's start off this way. Uh, does anybody know who uh, James, I wrote his name down, James Holtzauer, Anybody who know who James Holtzauer is? There's not one person in this room who knows who James Holtzauer is? Because he's so famous. Kind of, okay? 
Okay, he's famous if you like the TV show Jeopardy. Anybody know the show TV show Jeopardy? Okay, if you know the show TV show Jeopardy, raise your hand. Okay, so even a few young people who know this show. It's, it's, it's been a, this game show has been around a long, long time. I don't know if you know what this is going on. There's this guy named James Holtzauer, and he's completely dominating Jeopardy right now. <laughs> and um, so, like, what was that guy's name who won, like, you know, so many episodes, and he has, like, the, um, I, forget, I didn't write his name down. He has the record, he has the record money winner for um, Jeopardy, and he, I forget how many he won in a row, all right? And uh, that was like 20 years ago or something like this. And, but this guy, James Holtzauer, is just as good as this guy. He's like, and he knows every answer. Except he doesn't play like the other guy does. You know what he does? He immediately goes for the $1,000. That's the hardest question, by the way. So if you ever watch Jeopardy, there's like six categories. And, the, and then the questions that go from easy, $200 down to like the hardest, $1,000. Or the first, it's 100 to 500 and then it's a, you know, 200 to 1000 He immediately goes out to the hardest ones. Boom, boom, boom. Because you know what he's looking for? He's looking for the daily double. And you guys know what the daily double is? If there's a question, and then they'll go, oh, they'll go, beep, 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 beep. And then you get to bet whatever amount of money you got up to the potential max. So let's say you've won. I mean, he goes right after the biggest ones. Boom, boom, boom. Let's say he gets three of them. And now he has like $3,000. And then they go, okay, how much do you want to bet? He'll go, you know what he bets? This, this, is, this is how he bets. All of it. That's what he does. So he's... Knows more than the other contestants. He's faster than the other contestants. And when he gets a chance to bet, you know what he does? He bets it all. <laughs> now, if you were on Jeopardy, is this the way you would play? Is this the way you would play? And my answer is, of course you wouldn't play this way. Because we all know, we know kind of just by um, psychological, psychology that 90-something percent of the population can't do it this way. You know why? Because... If you lose that money, if you lose that money, you'd be heartbroken. In other words, you know what happened? You would lose heart. What am I, what am I talking about here? Now, this guy, James Holtzauer, you know what he does? You know, this is how he makes his money, not, make, not on Jeopardy. You know what he does for a living? He's a professional gambler. <laughs> That's what this guy is. Apparently, he knows massive amounts of trivia, trivia, and he's also a professional gambler. He's incredibly good at gambling. And you know why he's good at gambling? Because this is really interesting. If he loses money, you know what happens? He just lost money. <laughs> if you and I, for most other people, if you have a big amount of money, and then you lose it, boom, it's gone. You know what will happen? You didn't just lose money, you lost heart. <laughs> you starting to understand what I'm talking about here? There's a difference between losing money and losing heart. You know, there's, you have this thing inside of your body called the heart, boom, 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 and it's going, right? What happens if this thing stops beating? <laughs> you die. <laughs> it's a really bad deal if this thing stops beating. And so we have this language called losing heart. You know what that means? That means we're not talking about your physical heart. If your physical heart, if this starts losing, if you lose this, you're dead or dying. You're in big, big trouble. But actually, if your physical heart starts give way, you know, you can go to the doctor and he'll say things like, stop eating that junky stuff. 
We're going to put you on an exercise regimen. Oh, you know what? We have a really serious problem. You may need to get in a re replacement. We can do that. They can literally rip out the old one and put in a new one, and then you're okay again. But actually, that's the thing of the outer self. This, you know, this part, the outer self is, uh, is, uh, is, is wasting away. But the inner self, the inner self can also be wasting away. Hmm. And the inner self has a heart too. It's not a physical heart. It's the heart of your inner soul, the inner self. The heart of the inner self, let me tell you this. A lot of people don't see this. It's a lot more important than the physical self's heart. And you can lose it. It could die. So I'll give you the example of money. So this guy, James Holtzhauer, he has some kind of weird psychology. He must literally have the psychology of like one out of 10,000. He loses money and he's just like, whatever, lose money, because it's his job. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're not a good professional gambler, you'll lose all your money, and then you're done. Now your job's gone, and you better get a new job. But if you're a good professional gambler, you know what you know? You can lose money, and losing money is part of the job, because <laughs> there's no way you can win every hand of poker. There's no way you can win every hand of blackjack. There's just no way. You can't. So losing money is part of the winning money. So it's just, I just lost money. Big deal. Now I'm just going to make money. That's how we can think. You know that like 99% of the people, 99.5%, there's no way you and I could do that. Because as soon as you lost a big amount of money, you wouldn't just lose money, you would lose heart. So let me give you another different example. Let's just call him Bob. Bob has a job he likes. He makes really good money. Every time they give him a promotion, he feels really great about himself. He, and so this is like paying the bills. He has a nice house in Palo Alto. Okay? You and I are just barely making rent in San Jose. But this guy has a nice house in Palo Alto. Okay? <laughs> he owns this house. And then um, something bad happens on the other side of the world and he gets fired. <laughs> and Bob goes, darn it, that sucks. I'll just go get another job. You know what happened to him? He lost his job. But then let's just call a guy named Jerry. Jerry, he um, rents a house in San Jose. Doesn't make as much money as, as Bob in Palo Alto. He, he makes really good money. But then something bad happens on the other side of the world. He loses his job. By the way, this is all very real. I'm just making up these names, but this, you all know this, this happens. <laughs> he loses his job. And then the next day he doesn't go, darn it, I'll go get another job. You know what he does the next day? He goes and gets drunk. <laughs> the day after that, he putters around, and instead of looking for a job, he um, looks at porn for like three or four hours. The next day after that, he starts thinking about, uh, I don't know, he's like, just goes into denial and just starts feeling sorry for himself because he's going, man, I'm going to lose my car. Or I'm going to have to move out of my nice apartment into a dumpier apartment. Maybe I have to move out of the city. What's happened? <laughs> he doesn't say it this way, but Bob just lost his job. <laughs> Jerry lost heart. 
Because his heartbeat, the thing that makes his heart, I'm talking about the heart of his soul. The heart, the inner of the, of the inner self. See, you and I, every, all of you, you have, an, you have your physical heart, and you also have the heart of your soul, the heart of your inner self. Something makes the heart of the inner self beat. There's some kind of power or energy or hope. This hope is what makes that heart of the inner self beat. Whatever it is, if you lose that, you begin to lose heart and you're dying. Hmm. On the outside, you put on a good face. Jerry will show up at church, puts on a good face, pretend like everything is going fine, but he's dying. Hmm. There's a big difference between losing your job and losing your heart. And all around our city, this is happening. It's probably happening right here in this room. You're sitting there going, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it might be happening to you. It's probably happening to somebody you know. Um, that's why this time that we live in, it's filled with um, addiction, avoidance, denial, crazy amounts of entertainment. Um, you know, you just pick the entertainment you want. YouTube for hours upon an hour. If you watch YouTube for hours upon hours upon hours and you don't get anything else done, you might have a heart problem. <laughs> a heart of the soul problem. <laughs> I mean, YouTube's not even, it's not pornography, but it's the same difference, you know. You watch, um, you watch uh, just endless hours of Netflix. <laughs> you binge watch Netflix and this is just something you like to know. Maybe you just do it once every night. It's fun. But, you get to the point where you've watched the seventh episode of something and it's not even fun anymore and you're just doing it because maybe the thing that makes your heart of your soul beat is dying. Right your attention? This is uh, real. It's very, very real. And um, this is why people um, get depressed. Um, depression doesn't always like, just look like sadness. Do you know that? That's interesting. <laughs> depression looks, can look, it comes out in lots of different ways. So it could be, um, I just watch a lot of TV, and I'm not interested in doing anything that actually matters in life, and I have no actual hope that something good will happen tomorrow. You're depressed. That's depression. <laughs> you don't look sad. You're not suicidal. But you know what's happening? The heart that's beating to something else, that losing heart, you're losing heart. It's losing, losing, losing. You're dying. <laughs> you can be in peak physical health, but usually by the time you get to this part, usually your health, physical health starts to deteriorate too. And um, I've been a pastor long enough to know this has happened a lot. But the verse says, we do not lose heart. <laughs> we do not lose heart. How do you not lose heart? It isn't something on the outside. I mean, if, you are, if your physical heart is losing heart, there are, there are, there's things you got to do every day to work on it. But what happens if the heart of your soul starts losing heart? That's a very, very serious problem. 
Um, you might need to go to therapy. Um, if you are listening to this message, but you don't go to church, you probably should go to church. <laughs> okay? You should probably, because you're going to need some new hope. Some new life source to make that, to get that heart back and to get to beat again. Otherwise, you're going to die. <laughs> and in our time and in our city, this is a city with lots and lots of people losing heart. You know, the person's like, I'm going to make like They're working super hard at Google or at their startup or something like this. And they, they, they're, they're hopeful and they're hopeful for all their good things are going to happen. Okay, maybe they haven't lost heart yet. But yet, yet. So the first question I want to ask you this is, um, do you have the power to not lose heart? Can you say that? Can you say that in your life? I do not lose heart. Though my outer self is wasting away, my inner self, it's got power. It's got power to come back tomorrow. And the day after and the day after. The tomorrow might be a good day. Awesome. The day after that, it might kick me really hard. But I'll have heart to come back. Can you say, I do not lose heart? That's a very important question. It's a very important question. Let's go to part two. Um, daily renewal. So, I'm going to teach you a little bit about how to do this. And um, there are no tricks. I, you know, I'm, I, I got no tricks. Okay, like I wish I could just say, come to me and I will, I will sell you a pill. <laughs> and you could pop the pill and you won't lose heart. You know, your, your, your inner, the heart of your soul is like, mm, uh, you know, like uh, avoidance, denial, addiction, depression, sadness. You just don't even have much to live for. Hmm. I can sell you a pill. If I had that pill, I'd charge you a lot of money for it. <laughs> there is no such pill. But there is this. Right? It's believing this. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Verse 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. That's the same thing. We do not lose heart. We are perplexed. How could this happen to me? But not driven to despair. Same thing. It's the same thing. We do not lose heart. But we are renewed day by day. I've been a pastor for a number of years. And um, I've literally had people say this to me. <laughs> I've literally had various versions of this, but they say something like this. I come to church on Sunday, and what I, what I heard on Sunday, that kind of like takes, gets me through Monday and Tuesday, and sometimes we, I talk to my wife or like, you know, a brother or sister, and then by Wednesday, I'm starting to peter out. And then I come limping into like small group on Thursday, and then on Thursday, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember we have Jesus. And he lives forever. And he conquers my dying. And then I kind of hear from him again, I haven't forgotten you. That thing you're really afraid of in your relationship, 
that thing you're really afraid of about your future, don't worry, I've got you. And that, their heart is like, oh, I'm losing heart. But then it comes back. Now, what am I saying? It's like um, they have Sunday, and then the heart beats less and less till Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on Thursday, they're renewed. By what? The gospel. Give it to them by the preacher? No. Just by, we, we call it GLF, Gospel Life Family, by their family. And th this has happened to me many, many times in my own life. Um, so when I was in college, um, I would, uh, you know, I would, my college called it Dead Week, the week before, um, before finals. And I knew Tuesday night was all-nighter night. And so Tuesday night at about 4 a.m., I would be so miserable. <laughs> I would get so miserable. I was exhausted, and I would study, and the stuff isn't going into my brain, and I would go, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to get the grade I need, and my future will be ruined, and I'm going to die. <laughs> this, is, this is like the thought that happened to me at 4 a.m., and then I would take a walk outside because, you know, you need a little colder air. And, um, and then I would say, wait a second, tomorrow night is, uh, is InterVarsity. That's, I was part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, large group worship. But I'll be exhausted. But I'll be exhausted. And I would say, oh, I better go. Because if I keep believing that my future, I would literally go out and get fresh air and then I would pray and cry, please, Lord, don't let me fail this exam <laughs> or I'll have no future and I'll be poor and a loser. <laughs> and, and, then, and then on Wednesday, I would take a big old nap and then I got to start studying all over again and then I have this choice. Go to large group and worship at 7.30 or not and get an extra hour and a half to study. For my next final. You know what I do? So like my freshman year, I would skip worship. <laughs> my sophomore year, I'd skip worship. My junior year, I'd go to worship. <laughs> because of this, to be renewed that day. And so my heart could beat. And I would say, Lord, I need to hear something, something. <laughs> something, so I remember my life belongs to you, your life will be in me, and I won't wither away of hope. And I would pray that prayer. It's crazy. I feel like the third song in praise, and the Holy Spirit would drop on top of me, and I'd be renewed. <laughs> Sometimes it would be the second point in university stuff. It, he didn't call it a sermon. They called it a talk. You can't call it a sermon at school, but it's a sermon, right? And I would hear that and go, well, yeah. As I grew older, you know what I found out? Don't wait till Wednesday. <laughs> Don't wait till Thursday. So um, when I grew older, in my 20s, I learned this thing called, um, well, when I was a teenager, they told me you should have a quiet time or a devotional time. 
you should go spend time with God every day. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was sort of like, yeah, eat your peas and do your exercise <laughs> and be a good Christian. That's what I heard all the time as a teenager. Be a good Christian. So then I would go through a season, be a good Christian. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then about 30 you know, days later, I would do like, you know, maybe 20 out of 30 days. And then it turns into like, you know, five out of 10 days and then two out of 10 days and then zero. <laughs> Can you guys relate? Because, because back then, it was just eat your peas and take your vitamins. It was the thing you're supposed to do. And then I went to seasons of my life when I realized you have to do this. So this is how Jesus put it. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. I said, that's an interesting verse. I heard that verse many, many times. In my 20s, I started to believe it. I need God to reward me in secret. Renew me today. And then, and then he would. The next day, nothing would happen. Next day, nothing would happen. <laughs> then the next day, he would renew me. In verse 8. Why am I talking to you about this? Prayer is not eating your peas and taking your vitamins. Prayer is to plug in to eternal life. And eternal life flows out of God. Because God has life and he cannot die. Jesus is the resurrected Savior. He's a human being who, who killed death and then when you plug into him, he gives you his life. And then you have to believe, I have resurrection life. You have to believe the gospel. And then you have to believe he will renew you today. 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 That's how you do it. It's, there's no tricks. It's faith. It's faith that when you're in that, when you shut that door and you're hanging out with God, you feel like you're by yourself, but you're not. <laughs> and when you're reading his word, he's talking. When you're praying, he's listening. You get that? Do you believe that? And you, when you go to the Father, he's not doing this. Why are you such a substandard Christian? What the heck? <laughs> when you go to the Father, you go with Jesus. And when you go with Jesus, all his death swallows up your death. All his righteousness washes away your sinfulness. When the Father sees you, he doesn't look at substandard Christian because it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Debbie, my great and sweet daughter. Glad you showed up. Let's have a great time. Whether it's five minutes or 10 or an hour. Back then, my devotions used to be like five minutes. And then on the, you know, the really desperate days, it'd be like longer. <laughs> You're like, Everything's going well, five minutes. Everything's going like. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> you just like cry for the first 10 minutes. 
And you're worrying if God is like, like, here you are again, crying on my lap again. All you want is something from me. He never says that. That's crazy. He never says that. I've done a thousand, thousand, I don't know, okay, I've got a thousand, maybe not a thousand, thousand, a thousand quiet times. The Father's never said this to me. What's wrong with you? Using me again. Never said it. It's amazing. Let me close. The eternal heartbeat. You need a heartbeat of the heart of your soul. That's eternal. That can't stop. I'm going to close with a story. It's not exactly a story. It's something I read out of a book. Um, so um, some of you have been in the church for a while. You've heard me. Uh, you give, we've li- I've literally given this to you as like a... <laughs> We've given this to you as an appreciation gift. I don't know if you actually listened to it. or like, But um, there's a book I really like. It's called The Great Good Thing by Andrew Clavin. Right? And uh, The Great Good Thing is a spiritual memoir. The subtitle of this book is, um, is A Secular Jew Comes to Faith in Christ. So I love you know, conversion stories. But um, whenever I hear of a Jewish guy, especially a secular Jew, I, I, that, that's a book I get. As soon as I hear that, because Jews don't believe in Jesus. And they think that somehow it's some kind of, it, it's, really, it's crazy to me, but they think somehow it's a, it's a denial of being Jewish. Although they don't understand, it's a total completion of being Jewish. <laughs> it's like uh, your king that I worship is the ultimate king of kings, Jewish king, you know, your king. <laughs> Now who's my king? Thankfully, he's my king, but he's really your king first, according to the Bible. So, but it's it's crazy to me that Jews like think that you can't. They they did not. So it's a denial of being Jewish to believe in Jesus. So whenever I always hear about this kind of conversion, I go get that book. So uh, I don't know if you know this. Andrew Clavin has his own podcast, and uh, so he talks about politics and stuff like that. And so like you know, I'm not interested in talking about that. Okay. Um, so the reason I tell you that is if you listen to the podcast, it's not very long before you find out he's a Christian. It's really interesting. <laughs> it takes like about five minutes, not because he's like bashing about Jesus. Cause like he'll, especially like mailbag day, like mailbag podcast episode is usually a Thursday episode. So he takes questions like one out of three questions is about God. People ask him God questions. And he really knows his Bible. And you know what he does? He kind of, it's weird. He kind of goes into like pastor mode and he answers like theological questions and he gives life advice like a good spiritual father and a pastor. And you know what? He is so joyful. Huh. He's laughing, cracking jokes. He's funny. He's joyful. Huh? Even if he's talking about something in politics that's making him upset, he's laughing about it. Which is really weird because most everybody else, whenever you like anything else in politics, they're usually angry about it. Right-wing people, super angry. Left-wing people, super angry. This guy's laughing. <laughs> it's really weird. It's really weird. All right? But then you read the book. So if you read the book, so before he became a Christian, he tells you the story that he was depressed for many, many years. And there was this one night he seriously thought he's going to end it. He, he, was, he regularly had suicidal thoughts. And um, he had this thought that came into his mind, which he is convinced, but this before he's a Christian, 
came from God. And, um, and then after that, the suicidal thoughts, he put it away. It's like, it was like he put these thoughts and he put it away into like a drawer and then like I said, he shut it and it was gone. <laughs> and then a number of years later, um, he started meditating. <laughs> and he got good at Zen, like, you know, just, like, like, just like chewing out the whole world and coming to a quiet place. And then he liked that because it gave him a lot of focus. And then he, he's like, he started talking out loud on, on what his real issues were. And he realized, you know what this basically is? It's basically prayer. <laughs> and so he goes, you know what? I think there's probably, there may be a God. He started praying. He's not a Christian. Really interesting. He started praying. And then he had a long, com- he had a, he had a long, he had like a, 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 a lengthy commute. And he would drive through, like he was living in Santa Barbara and he had this, and it's beautiful. So he would drive this thing and he liked, while he was driving, he would spill out and he started realizing, I think there's somebody up there and he started praying every morning. And while he started doing this every morning, his heart started to lift. <laughs> And his heart started beating. You know what heart I'm talking about. Not the physical heart. And then one day he realized, you know, I'm, and he grew up Jewish. So he, and he wasn't sure there was a God. But he was like, this has got to be that God. And he had read the whole Bible. He's like, maybe it's this Jesus person. Who knows? And then he started asking, you've made me so joyful. You've made me so joyful. What can I do for you? He actually asked that in a prayer one morning. And then while he was driving, he sensed that he got an answer. You know what the answer was? Get baptized. That's how he became a Christian. He's going, what? My dad will kill me. But he knew it was Jesus. That's how he became a joyful person. It was in Christ. It was believing in the gospel. It was being renewed day by day by Christ, by communing with him and letting him put his life into you and shoo away all your dying and suck up all his dying, your dying with his dying. Then you could say, I do not lose heart and though my outer self is wasting away, my inner self is being renewed day by day day. It's yours. It's yours. There are no tricks. It just takes a, not even a lot of faith. <laughs> Your faith can still be crummy. A little bit of faith to a great God who will meet you in the secret of your room and renew you day by day. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for giving us Jesus who conquers not only death but our dying. Who renews us day by day when our inner heart is dying. Help us to not have our heart beating because of our job or because of the love of our life or try to have a replacement heart beat by just endless entertainment because that made me go ha 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 for two hours 
and then we think maybe our heart is beating, but we then know our heart is dying. May the eternal heartbeat of Jesus become our heartbeat. Jesus, unite your heart to us. Lord, sometimes we cling to you, but really you're clinging to us. And Father, give us your secret reward, your pleasure, your life, your love. And make our hearts beat for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.